Undiscovered You, a podcast for 20, 30, and 40-year-olds who feel like they have so much more to offer but are somehow stuck. I'm your host, Kimberly Johnston, and this season, we'll be speaking all about and to some of our marvelous mentors. I'm extremely excited to have Jody Lewis with us today. Jody is the head of internal communications at a major financial institution. Hi, Jody. Hi, Kimberly. Great to be with you. So Jody and I met through a very formal program. Now, a lot of the times that we've been talking to marvelous mentors, they've been that kind of informal, getting to know people, using your network. We've talked about mentors as friends. We've talked about people that have challenged you, the unexpected mentors. But I wanted to bring Jody on because Jody was actually somebody who became my mentor through a program that we had at the financial institution that we worked at together. And what I found interesting about it is actually Jody and I were put together for a sponsorship program. And so that's something I wanted to touch on. Jody, I understand that you are a sponsor quite regularly for people. Can you tell us a bit about what that is? Yeah, of course, Kimberly. So a sponsor, basically in a, a company like the one that we both work for, and they'll do these formal programs, as you say, uh, and they'll often come out with a request to people who lead teams and they're maybe a bit higher up the organization is looking for people that can help out. Now, I always take the view that I can pay it forward because I've been a mentee in these programs and benefited hugely from that expertise, that insight, that counsel and that challenge. So, you know, if I can offer something back, then I'm very happy to do it. So that's why if I get a request of that, I'll put my hand up and say, yeah, happy to help. That's fantastic. And just for our listeners, there are generally speaking three different types of people who can help you along in your career. So we're talking about marvelous mentors, and I'm going to explain how Jody sort of moved from somebody who was my sponsor to being my mentor. You also have coaches. So these are executive coaches, life coaches, other people who come alongside you as a coach. This is what I do. So I'm an executive coach, KLJ Consulting and Coaching. It says it in the name. And those are completely different from mentors and from sponsors. And that final category is sponsors. And that's exactly what Jody's talking about here. It's somebody who's in the room, who knows your CV, knows your background, knows the kind of what's happening at the higher levels of the organization and has your name in their back pocket that they can drop on the table when people are looking for people to bring in. Now, Jody and I were in very different areas of this institution where we worked. And what I found was, is that actually using him as somebody who was my sponsor was not quite what I needed. And actually, he had some amazing mentoring advice. So our relationship shifted. And I want just our listeners to recognize that is sometimes relationships can shift. But actually, I want to back up with you, Jody, and I want to go back to that lovely accent you have. So where are you from? Well, I live in Edinburgh. Um, so I was born in Inverness, which for those who are familiar with Scotland's up in the Highlands. Um, but yeah, I currently live in Edinburgh um, and met the girl that I married here. So um, that's what's kept me in Edinburgh. <laughs> it seems to happen a lot. A lot of my guests have managed to move to places because of people that they've met and stuck there. So tell me a bit about how you got to be the head of internal communications. What was that journey like kind of from school into, into this role? Yeah, well, when I left school, I originally wanted to be a journalist. Um, so I was interested in writing for newspapers at the time. Obviously, that was the main route to get uh, news out there along with TV news. So I went and did a degree in media. Um, now, academics weren't my particular strong point. Um, so I didn't get that good of grades at um, high school. 
my degree wasn't the greatest either. So when I came out of university, I struggled quite frankly to get onto graduate schemes and um, you know, I just didn't have that strong a record compared to other people who I was competing with. So eventually I took a job after eight months of looking at grad schemes, I took a job answering the phones um, at a big pension provider and I was working in customer service, but I always wanted to do communications. So I started doing communications in the local department. I built up my network across the wider business. So I did that for about two and a half years and then a job came up in a communications team. So I had all the right contacts. I managed to get the job, moved across to start working in Edinburgh. And from that, it really, I just worked my way up. I showed what I could do. I got to know people. Um, I got some good mentoring on the way and, you know, a bit of luck and good fortune. Plus, I also did a number of different roles. So, you know, as a communications person, I think it's important to stretch yourself and to know about the business you're working for. So I did a quite a wide range of roles. I was um, an executive assistant to the group chief executive at the business. And, you know, that was a big step up and a big opportunity. Um, but I always knew communications is where I wanted to work. So I went back there. Um, and eventually after, I think it was about 12 years at that organization, I felt it was time for a change. Um, and I'd had some great career advice over that time as well. So it made me think differently about where I wanted to go. Um, so I started to look outside uh, and managed to secure a job at another company in financial services. Um, and that's where I work today. And again, I've worked my way up to the position I'm in today. I think that's such a great example of using those transferable skills, knowing what you want, recognizing the limitations that you actually, you do not have. You did not have limitations. You were, you were meant to be in communications, but you didn't necessarily excel at academia. But I love the fact that you actually found a way to do what you wanted to do in a role that would not remotely equate to that. So I know we're talking about mentors here, but you know, across this entire podcast, we talk about transferable skills. We talk about ensuring that you're, you're your authentic self, that you follow the kind of things that make your heart sing. So looking at this time when you were answering phones, that seems like the furthest thing you can imagine away from comms. What was it that kind of got you to the point where you actually asked, I'd like to do comms? How did you, how did you do that? Well, I'll be frank, the job itself wasn't that exciting. Um, so I was looking for ways to make my day at work uh, more fulfilling, more of the things I was interested in. So, so that's why I started to pick up um, certain tasks relating to kind of localized communications. But then obviously I showed what I could do. Um, and then people started to take notes and say, oh, can you help us with this? And, and that's how I started to build the network in the wider business. So, um, you know, I think you have to show what you can do, but you have to show a genuine interest. And if you're putting your hand up and willing to take things on, um, then I find that tends to stand you in good stead when opportunities do arise. And what's really interesting is you ended up almost being an apprentice in comms. So instead of coming in and getting the degree, the master's degree and coming in, you actually worked your way through it. And I wonder, do you feel like you actually learn more than maybe somebody coming in from academia directly? Yes, it's definitely, I've drawn on that experience. Um, and I think it's helpful to work at different levels of a business in different areas to understand that. I think also, you know, I was in my early twenties and you're still discovering yourself. Um, so, you know, I maybe took a few years to realize actually the person holding me back wasn't somebody else. It was the person looking back at me in the mirror. So once I had that realization and discovered that, um, then it allowed me to push on and press on with my career. That's so, again, so profound because so many times, you know, this entire podcast is for people who are stuck. 
people who want to make that next leap and really taking that second to stop blaming everyone else and recognize that you have power to do something about it. Even if you are answering phones, you can find a way to get involved in comms if that's what you want to do. Very similar to what I did in my career in terms of getting into inclusion and diversity. I knew I wanted to do something different. I found the subject matter really interesting. You know, I found that I was buying books on it. I was reading it in my spare time. I was thinking about it outside of work. And actually that is where my passion was. And once I got into that, it ignited that passion and allowed me to excel in it. And it sounds like that's very similar to what you did in this comms role. Yes, absolutely. And you've also got to understand no matter the role, everybody's got something to offer. Um, and some of my realizations over the years of doing what I do, uh, I remember doing an event probably a few years ago now, and I had been visiting a contact center. And because I'd done that job, I was speaking to somebody in quite a different way. And I was just, I was doing some call listening and hearing how we service customers. And that person stuck with me. So when we came to do an event, probably six months later, uh, we were wanting to present somebody who could sit, could speak with confidence and knowledge about how we supported our customers, both the good things, but also where we could improve. So I said, I'd know just the person. And I'll never forget when I phoned her up and said, I want you to be part of this stick. You know, I want to be, you want you to be part of this event. I want you to be on stage in front of 4,000 people. She said to me, you do realize I only answer the phones. And I said, there's no such thing as only. And that's exactly why you're the right person to do this. Love that. So you said you had some mentors along the way. Can you share with me a bit about the people that mentored you to help you to get where you are now? Yes, I had one in particular who saw something in me that probably I didn't see straight away. Um, and funnily enough, the first time they kind of met me one-to-one, -one, they said they'd heard of me. And um, there was somebody else, my boss at the time, they worked with very closely. Um, and I'll try and put this politely. They, they said to me, the first time they took notice was when that person had described me as, let me say, a, a pain in the rear end. Um, that's a polite way of saying it. Thanks for keeping uh, it PG. Yes. And they said... That was, oh, this, this sounds like somebody who's interesting, somebody who's challenging. He said, I want to get to know this person better. So that from that became a one-to-one a -one conversation. Uh, and they quickly, I think, appreciated where I was coming from. I was trying to improve things. And I suppose that my manager at the time may have been a, maybe not the same view of me. So, um, or as me, I should say. So that was helpful because they noticed me. And then they saw something in me and were willing to give me the time. And, you know, I'm sure we'll, we'll come on to that, but willing to give me the time and to give me a helping hand um, to where I wanted to get to was hugely helpful for me. And, uh, you know, has, has been a big shift in my career. And you need that push along the way. You can't always rely on you pushing you. Um, sometimes you need somebody else to give you a nudge or a shove in the right direction. That idea of also picking out the person who may be challenging norms as being somebody you want to work with. I, I actually, I love that concept because sometimes the people that we see as the problem children are the ones that are just trying to do things differently and maybe asking the hard questions that are so annoying because no one knows the answers to them. Why do we always do it this way? Why, why can't we do it another way? <laughs> you know, those are the people that actually can shift the dial. And I, I think that's fantastic that this person noticed that in you. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that. Um, it's the reason I try and change jobs regularly. I like to be the person asking questions, not just the person giving all the answers. I think it's really important. And I also love it when we bring new people into the team. We've had a real big focus on improving our diversity. 
both of thinking as well as in other ways. Um, and I love it when you bring in new people and ask you the questions because you can get a bit stale, you can get a bit stagnant. So asking questions is so key because that's a big part of having the right conversations and making sure you make the right improvements both in what you're doing, but how you do it as well. So true. And our mentoring relationship or our sponsorship relationship when we first met, I think that whole idea of giving your time is is such a, a valuable thing to remember is that the person who is mentoring you, the person who is sponsoring you is giving you an hour or two of their time when they sit down to talk to you. And so for me, it was really important that I had something to bring to you. So either my story to share or some thoughts about what I wanted to do to get your opinion on that I knew that you would have a unique perspective on because you were outside of my world. But what is your opinion on that in terms of when you have mentees or people that you're sponsoring, what is it that benefits them coming into that relationship? If you are giving your time, what can they do to help facilitate that relationship? I think there's a number of things. I think firstly, want to do it and want to take advantage of that time. Also be honest about what you can and can't help with both from a mentee and a mentor point of view, because it has to be two way. Um, I think the best kind of relationships are those which are honest both ways um, and figure out actually, maybe this won't be the right fit. I have meant been a mentor for people and they've said, you know, I'm not quite sure this is going to work or I've said that to them. And you have to quickly become to that realization because it's only a good use of time if both parties are getting something from it. I get a huge amount of satisfaction from helping people. I always describe my job first and foremost as a leader in the team is to help people get to where they want to be. Um, and that's, that applies equally to those I directly manage or those I'm trying to help be a mentor relationship or sponsorship or anything else. So for me, it's really come with an open mind, come ready to challenge um, and also to challenge yourself and to, to, Think about what you want to take from that relationship and how it can help you. But it won't all work. Everybody's got different opinions, different views, different preferences. Um, so try and be open to be taking the best and the things that work for you. One of the things that I found fantastic in our relationship was I came to you with sort of my ideas of what I wanted to do, where I wanted to go, where I was heading next. And you know, I said to you, I just feel like it's a really big risk. And you just said, why? Why do you feel like it's a really big risk? And you had me step back out of this sort of cycle of thinking that I was having, where I had created in my mind that if I went and did this thing, I would end up destitute. We would lose the house. You know, I would be uh, without a home, without a car, without food. And I needed to make sure that those things didn't happen. And I think the, you know, I'm, I'm not one to catastrophize, just to be clear, but I seem to be catastrophizing this specific situation and the, all the outcomes led to a bad place. And what I loved is you challenging my thinking on that and just saying, you know, is that, is that really true? Like, is, is that actually what's going to happen? You know, you're quite a qualified person. I'm pretty sure you could get a job, you know, and you didn't say this, but even at McDonald's was the end of the sentence I, I was able to put on there. But, you know, you can get a job somewhere else. So for people who are stuck, I just I want to impart that piece of wisdom that you gave to me, which was so helpful, was, is this really as big of a risk as you think it is? Are you catastrophizing it? Are you just scared? That's the big question. Are you just scared? And making sure that your reality is actually that reality. And it may be for people that they will end up homeless and destitute if they do this ridiculous thing, but actually making sure that that is a truth 
So thank you for that, that piece of advice. I just wanted to share that with our listeners. Oh, you're welcome. And we all have this voice inside our heads, which is, um, you know, I've, I've used the term resistance with my team, which is borrowed from an author called Stephen Pressfield. Um, this resistance is in everybody, no matter if you're CEO or you're just starting out in your career. So the benefit of good mentoring is that that person firstly will take the time, but also they have that slightly detached view. They can look at it more objectively. They haven't got the emotion. They haven't got the voice in their heads, which is telling them, listen, you can't do this. So that's where that relationship and the importance of honesty in that relationship can be so key to finding those little nuggets that might get you thinking differently and then ready for the next step. Yeah, just getting somebody that has a different perspective, that that is great. And sometimes we find mentors who we may think are like us and people that may have a similar thought pattern to us or are in a similar position to where we are. And absolutely those kind of mentors, especially if you're trying to progress within the area that you're in are very important. And I don't want to at all say that, but if you're thinking about making a monumental change, potentially look for somebody outside of that sphere of influence and they may have a different perspective and they may be able to help you recognize that there are other perspectives because there always are. It's a really important point. And, you know, if I think about communications these days, one of the problems is a lot of people are consuming content in what we call an echo chamber. So they're only seeing the things in Twitter or depending who you follow or the media outlets you choose, they might be reinforcing your views. And you can apply the same logic to career development and challenge for yourself. You know, if you seek out a mentor because they think you're going to, they're going to agree with your view and what you want to do, that can be helpful. Um, but it is really important as well to get that slightly different view, different challenge, because again, that might bring to light and make you realize things that maybe you thought held were true aren't, the, aren't, aren't true. And um, for me, you know, taking yourself out of that echo chamber is really important because you know, that's how you keep yourself fresh. It's how you challenge your way of thinking. And it's ultimately how you change your mind about things as well. Absolutely correct. And, you know, we talk a lot about having different mentors. So each one of these episodes is about a different mentor that I've had in my life that have served different purposes. And, you know, having that critical friend or having somebody who maybe is guiding you that you're not even recognizing as guiding, I call that the unexpected mentor, you know, recognizing that these are different people that are in your life who you can turn to and ask the hard questions. But I just want to go back to your point, Jody. honesty is key. Selling somebody a bill of goods that has nothing to do with your reality is never, ever, ever going to work. No, absolutely. And you know, that's no different from an interview or anything like that. It's, you know, you have to be honest about what you can do, what you can bring. Um, and in any relationship, you know, honesty is key. I'm sure we've all got, everybody listening to this has got examples of where that's worked and where maybe it's backfired, but that all comes with experience and knowledge. Um, but also the, you know, the key word I would use as well is trust. You have to trust it's a safe environment to be open about your weaknesses as well as your strengths and also those areas where you believe you can improve. And, you know, that's the foundation of any good relationship and mentoring is no different. And do you have any examples of a mentoring relationship either where you were the mentor or the mentee where you saw that there was that lack of trust, that lack of honesty, and actually you didn't continue to pursue either that mentor or that mentee? Yeah, I did a development program um, at a previous employer and it came with huge benefits. Um, and it was, I was on the pilot scheme. So they were testing out 
Um, I believe from memory, I had about four or five kind of mentoring discussions, relationships. Um, but there was one person, I won't obviously name names, but there was one person that was on the list. And when I saw their name, I thought, oh, that's a bit unusual. I wouldn't assume that they'd gone for it. But what it turned out was they were in a cohort which had been put forward. Um, and what became apparent to me was two things. Firstly, they weren't that interested. And secondly, just the way they went about it and the way they also talked about other people meant that, I, that just eroded the trust I had in that, you know, that safe space, that environment which I could be truly open. I just didn't feel it was there. So I quickly brought that to an end. Whereas the, the rest of the, the people that were involved were, were fantastic. And you felt you could be honest. They were there to help you. They were there for you. And that's what any good mentor is. They're there for you. They're not there for themselves. They're taking the time and you appreciate that, but they're there ultimately to help you. And that's when I used the phrase, pay it forward earlier on. You'll speak to many people who progress in their careers. They will tell you the stories about people giving them a helping hand. So once you've been helped, it's on you to make sure you give others that same helping hand too, because if you've benefited from it, why shouldn't they? I think that's great advice. And also, I commonly think if someone is sitting there talking badly to you about someone else, it's likely that they are speaking badly about you to someone else. And that always, to me, erodes trust with people is when somebody's bad mouthing somebody to me, I often wonder, what do you say about me when I'm not around? And I think that goes with mentors as well as any other relationship. So, yes, good piece of advice there, Jody. Thank you. You're welcome. And yeah, I try and live by the principle that don't say anything about somebody you wouldn't say to their face. Yeah, I think that is, that is, I mean, put that on a poster, stick it up on your wall. If you are struggling with that, just think about that. And, you know, especially in this age of social media where people just throw stuff out there and slander other people. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it takes a lot to actually step back and say, would I actually say this to somebody's face? There's, there's a great Taylor Swift song about that. Just, you know, I'll add it to my playlist. Thank default, you. Default of all knowledge. <laughs> so um, let me ask you, the, the name of the podcast is The Undiscovered You. And you've told us a little bit about the things that you've discovered about yourself along the way. But through mentoring or being mentored or sponsorship, what's something that you have discovered about yourself along the way? It's a really good question because there's loads of things. And I will make discoveries about myself every day. Every day I wake up, I just try and be better than I was the previous day. That can be as a husband, it can be at work, it can be in many, many ways. But for me, the thing I've discovered, I mentioned earlier, is ultimately it's down to you. Um, you have to know yourself. You can control what you do and how you present yourself and how you interact with others. You can only ever influence what other people do. And even then, to differing degrees. So for me... I go back to that, you know, you start with the person that looks back at you in the mirror. And if you start with that and you try and make yourself the best version of you, you possibly can be, and you bring your whole self and you have that passion and commitment to do what you want to do. And also to be clear on what you don't want to be doing and try and put all your energies into positive ways of helping people, then I think you'll do well. And, you know, I found if you help enough people, you'll be okay. And again, that's a good principle, I think, to apply both professionally and personally. I feel like we can have a couple posters, just Jodyisms, all over my wall. Help, help guide me along the way. <laughs> I don't know about that. Maybe I should get a copyright. So I imagine a lot of people approach you for mentoring um, or maybe just say, hey, Jody, do you have a little bit of time to have a chat with me? 
So we're encouraging people to do this on this podcast, to reach out to people. Um, but obviously, if it's unsolicited, if you don't know who the person is, if they don't put any context around it, I imagine it's quite difficult to say yes to that because obviously you you need to protect your time to some extent. So what advice would you give to people who want to reach out to somebody for a mentoring relationship? Um, what would you say for them to do when they're reaching out? I would say firstly, and this might be an obvious point to make, is why are you contacting that person? Why have you chosen them? Because rightly or wrongly, there'll be an assumption that you've sent 100 emails or 100 messages on LinkedIn. Um, so if you actually have some logic and rationale behind why they've picked you, and it might be you've seen, you know, I've had people contact me after doing speeches at conferences. They said, I really enjoyed how you talked about this. I'd love to hear more. And of course, I'm happy to help and happy to share. Um, equally, you can tell when sometimes it's a bit of a sales pitch or they're just looking for a route, they're looking for another job. And listen, that's part of the conversation, but it shouldn't be the be all and end all. So I think always approach people with a clear view and a clear logic as to why have you selected them? Because, you know, as I say, there's a huge volume of people looking for help. And there's also a huge volume of people who just are looking for help to be seen, to be looking for help. Be genuine, be clear on why and what you want. And then I think that will help you in terms of starting the relationship on the right foot. You touched on something there that I just want to make sure we we point out and really flesh out here. And that's about approaching someone for a job as opposed to approaching someone to be your mentor. And I think what I've heard from various mentors, and this is definitely something I would say from my perspective, is there's nothing that makes me less happy, <laughs> PG, than someone coming under the guise of wanting me to mentor them who actually just want a job where I work. That drives me crazy. Yeah, and same here. And, you know, I think also, and we might come back to this later, um, there's different ways of getting mentioned. So you can get the unsolicited. Uh, but for example, I work in internal communications. There's an organization called the Institute of Internal Communications that run a mentoring program. So I know that the people in there have shown an interest and rather than targeting someone, they've targeted a topic, they've targeted an industry, they've targeted a profession. So I'm on that list. I'll get matched up with the best people. So do think about, yes, you can target an individual, um, there might be a degree of cynicism in some quarters, um, but there are other ways of getting mentors and approaching mentors too. So what are some other ways that you can think of? So we've talked about LinkedIn. We've talked about that sort of cold calling. In previous episodes, we've talked about internally in your organization, finding people in areas. And what we've what we've suggested there is maybe just having that initial coffee chat to have that kind of connection chat. You need to find out if there's a connection because if there's no connection, it's really hard to have a mentoring relationship with somebody because as you said, it is a relationship. But you've talked about industry and is there anything else that you can think of in terms of ways to get mentors? Yeah, of course. One of the ways I would point out, and it's not been possible for the last year and a half, two years, but as we come out of the pandemic, hopefully industry conferences, for example, will be starting again. Now, I will put my hand up. I don't particularly enjoy the kind of breaks and all the networking, but I've got better at it and I've had to work at it. I've met some really fascinating people, people at my level, equally people who may, may on paper be more junior to me, but the main thing is you get to meet people. Um, and I've had some great relationships on that. 
And that's where you then figure out how you can help somebody, but also how can they help you? So, you know, for example, in my team, we've arranged sessions with people who do what we do in other sectors and other industries. And off the back of that, you might get to know somebody a little better and be able to approach them for a kind of mentor relationship. But that means there's been a bit of a exchange. There's a benefit to both parties. And I've learned from others and individually and as teams as to what they do, they've learned from us. Um, so just be very open-minded to sometimes the best mentoring relationships. Don't kind of land on your lap. All of a sudden you realize I've got something to offer here or I think I'm really interested in that person and they can help me. But if you make it an exchange, then it tends to be people will both see the benefits of both sides. And I've often kind of had that, can I run something by you conversation, mm -hmm. which is actually really weirdly turned into a few of my mentoring relationships. So it's kind of, I've had, I have a thought, I know that you did something similar, but again, it's very specific to that person with a bit of knowledge around it, either that you've gotten because you heard them speaking or because they're in the wider team or because they're a friend of a friend. And that's the other kind of introduction that, you know, we haven't really talked about is through a network. And it's sort of going out to your network and saying, does anybody have a mentor in this area? I need to talk to somebody about you know, this sector, or I need to learn a bit more about this subject matter, or I'm interested in moving into this area and calling on your network. So people that already know you, because you already have that relationship to extend their network to you. Yeah, absolutely. And that network can be in person. Um, LinkedIn, I've had approaches via that and, you know, they've been fruitful and helpful for me as well. Um, but also sometimes and feel free to disagree with us, but sometimes, you know, it's not about approaching somebody for mentoring help. It's approaching them saying, I've seen you talk about this. I've seen you write about this. I'm really interested in this latest bit of technology. What are your views on that? And you can, that sometimes that conversation turns out to be a really great audition because both sides are saying, all right, okay, you've helped me, I've helped you. And I, I know I said this earlier, but that then that exchange can then lead somewhere. It's like, um, you know, you maybe meet somebody on a night out. You don't immediately think they're going to be your husband or wife normally. Um, things that can lead somewhere though, right? Um, so from a work and knowledge sharing point of view, sometimes this is initial contacts. Don't, don't go in with looking for that mentoring relationship, but sometimes that will help you find the right person because you've met them in different circumstances. Exactly. And, and you can always have that person in the back of your mind if you need to go back to them as well. So you know, one of one of my very dear friends is working in blockchain around kind of the, the legal world and what that looks like. And it's something that's completely out of my wheelhouse, not anything I can I do, but I know that somebody else does. And so she and I had a conversation. I was able to connect them and that made that connection. And now they communicate with each other and that's created a relationship between them. And I have no idea if one is a mentor or not, but it's still that network of communication and sharing of information. Because it's it, it is, it, it's almost a, a sliding scale. You think about, you sort of have that introductory chat, that kind of information sharing, you kind of ask questions, and then you move into this kind of ambiguous world of mentoring, where you have this trustworthy, honest conversations around, this is what I'm thinking about doing, I know I, I, I'm kind of stuck around here or people keep telling me that I'm overly aggressive in the way I speak or, you know, I just need some help around this thought getting unstuck here. And, and it's almost just this graduated scale, to be honest. And it all starts with honest, open conversations that 
I would argue are not completely out of the blue and where you're making it clear that you're not just looking for a job. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And also as a mentor, you have to be open that sometimes in that conversation, the mentee might become your mentor mm. because you have to be open to being asked questions yourself or indeed asking, the, you know, it, that's where the conversation, you, you never quite know sometimes where the conversation will lead you. Um, and that's part of the relationship is you need to be open to that as a mentor because you might pick up on something. Actually, you can apply that to yourself as well. So it's a partnership. It's not a transaction. It's a partnership. Perfect. So I have an entire wall now covered in my Jodyisms, but I still have to ask you the final question that we ask all of our guests, which is what is the best piece of advice you've either received or given or seen on a poster in someone's office? <laughs> it's a great question. I mean, there'll be loads, but certainly from a career perspective, one of the best pieces of advice I got was to chunk my career up into two years, two year kind of chunks. And this made me think differently about my career. It made me think differently about how I keep myself fresh and keep learning. Um, so the two years would be the first six months of a new role, get to know the job, get to understand it. The middle 12 months, you're then getting really good at it. You're building your expertise. You become an expert during that time. Then the final six months, where are you taking all of that? What's next for you? Now, the two years can be different lengths for different people at different stages. I think the idea of being appreciate that you need to learn, then you need to develop that expertise, then you need to think about how do you apply that, how do you take it. So that's always been helpful for me. I have a look at my CV since I got that advice. And up until now, I've moved every couple of years and it's kept me fresh. I, I mentioned earlier about being the person that not only has the answers, but also asks the questions. It's made me keep asking questions. And I think be it a, a mentoring relationship, be it at work, be it anywhere, if you ask questions, it means you're learning as long as you're listening properly. I, I love it. And I think that that is a fantastic piece of advice for people to take. And if you're stuck and you've been there for more than two years, maybe it's because you're stuck feeling stuck because you're not learning anymore. And maybe you are, I always call it brown sweatering it, where you've just gotten comfortable. You put on your little brown sweater. You come into work every day. You do your work and you leave. There's nothing wrong with that if that's where you need to be right now. But if you're trying to get unstuck and you're trying to move somewhere else, take the brown sweater off and go try something new. Thank you so much for your time today, Jody. I am going to enjoy all of my posters that I've made with my Jodyisms. <laughs> and thank you for being such a marvelous mentor to me. It's been a pleasure and um, hopefully I can continue to help. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of The Undiscovered You. Join us next week when I speak to Angela Blake my friend tour. She's a friend who's also a mentor. Please do subscribe and like, and I look forward to seeing you next week.